Welcome to the Crystal Sparks Podcast. We are so glad you are here. Our one goal of this podcast is to grow your faith and help equip you to accomplish your dreams and your goals. Now here's Crystal Sparks. We've got something different for you today. As many of you know, my husband and I pastor a church uh, called One Church, and we actually have two campuses, uh, one in Roy City, Texas, and one in Sulphur Springs. And recently, I had the privilege of sharing God's Word with our church, and I just really felt like it was something that I wanted to share with you. So today, um, I would love for you to listen in on this message where I'm talking about servant leadership is our identity. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to One Church, and um, we are so glad that you are here. Whether this is your first time or maybe you come every single week, truly from the bottom of my heart, I'm so glad that you came and you chose to spend this hour with us. And so, just real quick, can we give it up for every person listening online on our online community? We're so thankful for you. Hey, I just want to let you know, you know, sometimes you come to church here and you don't realize the bigness of what you're a part of. And every Sunday we have four services happening in two different cities. And with that, collectively, we are thousands strong. And then listening online, we have nearly a thousand people listen a week to our online podcast. Come on, somebody. That is a lot of downloads happening. And so I say that to say, sometimes you can come in and sit down and and you look around the room and you feel like this is all that you're a part of, but I want to let you know that our house has many rooms and there's a lot of people a part of what we are doing here at One Church. So hey, if this is your first time visiting, we're so glad that you are here at One Church. Uh, We pray that you find the place that you can call home. Uh, We'd love to be that church, but we understand that we're not the church for everybody, but we do believe that we're a church for somebody and we hope that somebody is you. So if you're listening online, we'd love for you to stop in. Come see us anytime that you're in the area. Hey, I want to let you know about a series that we have starting in just a few weeks. It is at the movies. Oh my goodness. This is one of you guys' favorite series that we do here at One Church. It is an incredible series. And what we do is, if you've never been a part of it, is we take movies and then just reveal biblical truths that we can apply to our lives. It's incredible. And this month, like this coming up in November, we have an incredible movie lineup. It's so exciting. And so I want you guys to watch this video. You know, this is a great series for you to be able to invite your friends, your family, coworkers, your neighbor, anybody, your enemies. Uh, <laughs> just invite everybody. Um, but truly, we've got these cards at our Connect tables, and this is a great thing to put in somebody's hands. And I'll just tell you that we see more salvations in our At The Movie series than any other series that we do. And the reason for that is because you invite your friends. And it's a great time for them. A lot of people are like, eh, about church, but when you're like, hey, we're watching 
movies, people are like, okay, yeah, I'm down for that. And so we always have popcorn and we have Pepsi sponsoring this, this, this year. So awesome. And so we'll have Pepsi and then we have candy. And so yay for sugar intake in the morning, right? But it's the Lord's calories, so they don't count. So, uh, hey, well, I'm excited to be bringing the word to you. Uh, we are going to be in Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24, as we do our part four of our Welcome Home series, Proverbs chapter 24, 27, 30 through 31. It says, put first things first, prepare your work outside and get it ready for yourself in the field. Somebody say in the field and afterward, build your house. Does it say before build your house or after? After build your house and establish a home. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And behold, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles were covering its face and its stone wall was broken down. Uh, today, we are gonna continue our Welcome Home series. This is part four. And if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, because we have a saying here at One Church that paper never forgets. I want you to title this one, Servant Leadership is Our Identity. Servant Leadership is our identity. Can I pray with you as we begin? Uh, Jesus, we just thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for this word. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that your heart be conveyed uh, today in this service. Lord, I thank you that they don't hear what I'm saying, but God, they hear your heart. And Lord, I thank you. You're compelling people to be in the field. Father, I declare this is a God-appointed word at a God-appointed time. Father, I declare that every ear is open and receptive. Every heart will be softened for the seed of the word of God. We declare every life will be changed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, I've heard it said that there's wow preachers and there's owl preachers. And I would say Pastor Brian is a wow preacher. Like he's just wow. Like every time I hear him, I'm like, you are my favorite preacher. You are so good. But I think I'm probably like an owl preacher, not the wow preacher. So today um, I'm just telling you, like, I, I'm going to bring you a word and I'm just still tell you that right now there is therefore now no condemnation. I see all of you like you are acting members of the dream team. You're actively serving. You're actively in the field. You know, we've been in this series called Welcome Home and every year we have a new declaration and Brian and I don't just make this up. We truly get before God and say, God, what is your heart for your people for this next year? And so we spend time in prayer, just really asking God, what is it that you want to declare over your house for this year? And, and this year when we were praying, we really felt the Lord just saying, welcome home. And so it's more than just a slogan on a shirt. It's more than something on a worship guide. I really believe it's coming from the heart of God for us as a church to declare welcome home. And so in that, we've been talking about what we value as a church because every place that you go to, you know, they have different values. They have different things. And why are our values so important? Because whatever you value will determine what you focus on, what you treasure, and will set the direction of your life. See, I can see what you value by what your calendar looks like. I can see what you value by what your checkbook looks like. Come on, you'll see Nordstrom in mine in Sephora. Amen, I value it. Um, but I can see what you value by what you say yes to and what you say no to. And so we as a church, what we've been talking about is the things that we value here at our house. You know, every house has different ways that they do things. It was funny, um, my family, one of the things we do for Christmas is we make gingerbread houses and we each get one. Brayley gets one, Bear gets one, I have one and Brian has one. And, and then we have a competition of whose is the best. Um, I usually don't win. I'm not very good at crafty things. Um, but anyway, so we make our gingerbread houses and 
We had my nephew over one day. Bear was little bitty and uh, we leave our gingerbread houses out forever. Like it's almost Valentine's and I have to plead with my kids. Like at this point, it's disgusting to have this out. Like this is gross at a certain point. When it's growing mold, it's time to go Um, because sugar shouldn't grow mold, right? And so um, we had my nephew over and Bear was little and Ian saw the gingerbread houses out and in his mind, he saw a snack. And so he went over and started eating the stuff off the gingerbread house to which Bear was little bitty and he started crying. He said, Mom, Ian's eating our memories. And I had to explain to Ian, you know, at our house, we don't eat gingerbread houses. They're just to look at. But at Ian's house, they make gingerbread houses and then they devour them. So to him, where he came from, it was acceptable. But he was learning at the Sparks house what we value and and the way that we do things. And that's what this whole Welcome Home series has been about, is us as a church establishing what we value here at One Church. So part one, uh, Pastor Brian did an awesome message. Uh, Jesus is our message. And then part two, he talked about people are our heart. And then he went into last week was incredible. He talked about generosity is our privilege. And today, part four, we're talking about servant leadership is our identity. You know, recently I made the mistake of inviting people over to my house for dinner and, uh, I say a mistake because all the wives in here are going to understand what I'm talking about. Whenever you invite people over for dinner, it sounds like a sweet notion, you know, because there's family people that you invite over for dinner, that they've seen your house messy, they've seen the real you, and then there's people that you invite over. And they've never seen your house in its natural habitat, right? And so this was one of those occasions, and they were like, can I bring anything? I'm like, no, girl, we'll just have some sandwiches, It'll be chill, no big deal. And then when we got ready to have them over, Brian's out doing landscaping. I went to Costco and bought steaks. I had decided I needed new furniture because I'm like, how do we live with this? And I'm screaming at my kids as I'm like vacuuming. I'm like, please just make it look like we don't live here. I know that you never have to put up your shoes, but today you will put up your shoes in Jesus name. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And like, you're like, you're up till two o'clock in the morning and you're baking. You never bake. Your kids Kids know that you don't bake, but for some reason people are coming over. So you're like, I have to bake. I have to pretend like I'm this awesome, amazing wife who has a perfect house and perfect furniture and perfect stuff. And we eat steaks all the time for dinner. This is normal for us, right? And so I'm up, I get no sleep. And then finally it's like getting close to them being there and I'm sweeping the floor again, right? And I see their car come in and you open up the door. You're like, praise the Lord. Amen. We're so glad you're here. Come on in. Oh, this house. No, it's nothing at all. You know, it's kind of dirty. And you're thinking this is cleanest it's ever been since we've lived here. <laughs> and they sit down and, and you're cooking and they're like, can I help you? You're like, no, I've had no sleep cleaning for you to come over. Don't help. Just watch me. It's really, it's fine. Like this is all for you. We want you to enjoy. And so they sit and they eat and, and they were there and they were just laughing, having their best life at my house. And they're laughing and talking. I looked at Brian and I thought these people are never going to leave our house. Like, I think they think they're moving in. Like, do they have suitcases, right? Because it just keeps getting later. And I know that I have to clean up all this mess when you leave. Come on, somebody. And so I'm like, all right, well, we're tired. We're going to let you go now. And so, and then Brian and I are like cleaning the dishes and wiping the counters and back to sweeping the floors. And I'm like, man, having people over is a lot of work. (laughs) This is a lot of work. And I say that to say, when I was thinking about this whole series of welcome home and servant leadership is our identity, I got to thinking about whenever I extended the invitation to those friends, there was no question who was going to cook the food. 
There was no question who was going to go to the grocery store or who was going to stay up late baking the cake or who was going to be there to greet them when they arrived, who was going to sit there and talk to them and hear about their dead dog, Sally, and how much they loved her and blah, blah, blah. Like there was no question, right? There was no question who was going to stay late when the party was over. With the invitation came the responsibility that I was going to be the one that was going to do all those things. And I began to think about us as a church with us issuing the declaration of welcome home, what we are also saying is there's a level of responsibility on this house to say, we will be the ones to greet you. We will be the ones preparing for you. We will be the ones that stay after everybody's gone. Come on, somebody. Because why? You're coming into our house and we are going to make sure that when you come to our house, everything's going to be in order. Everything's going to be in place. And so today, uh, I want you to look at this scripture in Isaiah chapter 54, verse two. You're going to love this so much. I love this because the Lord is talking to his people and he tells them, enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Spare not. Somebody say spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. I love this so much because God is letting his people know, I'm about to expand my house. I'm about to do something so great and so big. And he lets them know they're spare not. In other words, the bigness of the house is determined by how big they make it. If they're willing to go all out and totally stretch out. And as you read through Isaiah, he gives them specific instructions on the size. Now, I want you to remember that whenever the Bible was written, they didn't have fancy things to be able to measure things out. And so they measured things called cubits. Uh, They measured them in cubits and cubits was simply this, a hand width. So put your hand like that's, that would be one cubit, right? And so when, when the Bible's talking about something being 50 cubits, that means 50 hands. So he's saying, I'm about to make my house bigger, but for my house to be bigger, more hands have to get involved. If my house is really going to enlarge, it's going to take more people getting involved. And I want to tell you here at One Church that God is about to do something so big. But in that declaration of welcome home, it's going to take more hands getting involved. Since September 1st, we've seen 150 people give their life to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Isn't that amazing? 150 people have given their life to Jesus. But you know what that means? That's more community groups that we need to start. That's more cars that need to be parked. That's more people at a front door. There's more kids that need to be taught the word of God. It means this, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. This is not the time to lean back. This is not the time to say, oh, I don't know. I don't really have time to do that. Oh, somebody else can do that. No, this is the time for us to say, God, what are you calling me to do? What is it that my hand can contribute so we can lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes? You know, whenever we read that opening passage, we see there that two people have a field. Two people have a field. And I want to tell you that God is an equal field distributor. You have a field. You're like, no, I live in a subdivision. No, I'm here to tell you, according to the word of God, everybody has a field. So you're a landowner. Congratulations. (laughs) But in that, there comes a responsibility. And so for me, when I was reading through Proverbs chapter 24, I was interested. What does this mean? Like, is he talking about a literal field? Because I want you to be mindful that whenever we read the Bible, we read it in English, but it wasn't written in English. Um, I know, shock, right? It wasn't written in English. And there, the way they wrote was with word pictures. 
scriptures. And so this word field was so much bigger than a little bitty pasture. Like this word field was a big word and had multi meanings. And so the first meaning of this word field was that it was a place of battle. It was a place of battle. So in you having your field, which is symbolic of the church, it means it's a place of fight. And I want to let you know that every attack that happens on your your life has one assignment, and that's to get you out of the field, to get you out of the church. Everything that happens in your life, it's not really about the fight spouses that you had last night. It's not really about the kids. It's not really about the finances. It's not really about all the stuff. Every attack that happens on your life has one agenda, and that's to get you out of the church. I am so amazed about how when hard times happen and things are heating up in our lives, that oftentimes the first thing we do is get out of the field. See, the enemy knows that if he can get you out of the field, he can rob the harvest from you. The devil cannot take anything from you, but you can surrender it. And the way you surrender it is by getting out of the field. It's like, oh, I'm just too busy. I'm just too messed up to serve. I'm just, I've got too much stuff going on. Friend, let me tell you, I believe that Jesus went, died, gave his life on a cross. I am not too busy to give him two hours of my week to come and stay in my field. Come on, somebody. But every attack on your life. So the Bible's letting us know that this isn't going to be an easy thing that he's called us to. I love this in Ephesians uh, chapter six, verse 12. It says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So in other words, it's more spiritual than what you think. The attack that's happening on your life, it's all about the field. It's all about the field because in the field is the harvest. And the enemy wants to keep you out of your place in the field. The second meaning of the field is it's a place for sports, which means it's a place of discipline. See, I told you there's wow preachers and there's owl preachers. Pastor Brian will be back next week. You'll get a great wow message, right? And so, but it's a place for sports. It's a place of discipline. I was listening to Lewis Howes and he's an Olympian and he was just talking about all the training that he did getting ready for the Olympics. And he said, you know, the one thing that was a congruent theme with all of the athletes training for the Olympics, he said, it didn't matter uh, whether we were doing skiing or running or what it was swimming. He said, every athlete had been, had a tenacious commitment to discipline. He said, we had made up our mind in advance that we were going to train. We didn't consult our feelings when the alarm clock went off at 4.30 in the morning, whether or not we were going to train. We had already made up our mind that no matter what it took, we were going to put in the time, put in the effort. And he goes, and that's what got us to the Olympics. And I think about that, how when the Lord talks about, it's a place of athletes, a place of discipline. It's just saying this, I've made up my mind in advance that I'm going to stay in the field. I've made up my mind in advance. That's why that scripture asks for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It doesn't say we will serve the Lord if our schedule works out. Come on. It doesn't say I will serve the Lord if I feel like it that morning. No, it says in advance, I've already made up my mind. No matter what happens, I'm going to stay in the field. I'm going to stay with what God's called me to do. See the interesting thing when you read through the Bible, you see that there's disciples and there's the crowd. Thousands were in the crowd. 12 were the disciples and three were his inner circle. The 12 and the three saw more than the thousands. But the reason why they saw more, because they were willing to go through the fight. They were able to do the discipline and they were able to do the third thing, which is the field is a place of farming. Now I live in the country and, um, 
It's good. I love it. And I've got farmers around me. I don't know what they farm, but they're out there just like getting it. I don't know what they're doing, but they're growing something and they're like serious about whatever they're growing. So, um, but I see them all the time. And the one thing I've noticed in farmers out in my area is they're always by themselves. Like it's one man on a tractor. Like he doesn't have all of his guy friends out there and everybody's just living their best life. No, he's out there plowing that field by himself. And I began to think about how the field that God's called us to, sometimes we're going to feel really alone. And it's a place of patience and just being faithful to what God has called you to do. Even when nobody's applauding you, even when nobody's cheering you on. Because I'll tell you right now, there's been times where I'm back in the preschool and ain't nobody like, girl, ain't nobody teaching these kids like you. Nobody's doing it like you. No, it's an alone place. The guys who pull the trailer first thing in the morning, it's an alone place. When everybody leaves today and you're eating your lunch at Denny's, living your best life, there's going to be somebody here loading that trailer, going alone. It's an alone place. But what is it? They're being faithful in the field that God has called them to. They're saying, God, even if I'm not, name's not in lights, even if nobody cheers me on, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. See, the 12 and the three saw more than the thousands. And I'll tell you that in your life, there's got to be this place where you say, you know what? I want to see more. And some of you are in this place of spiritual dissatisfaction. And I'll just say this, that if everything's coming in and nothing's going out, that's why you're dissatisfied. When you start giving your life away to other people is when you'll go to the next level of spiritual growth. Come on, somebody. God did not save you to come and sit in a service for an hour every week. God saved you to begin in the field and to begin a co-laborer with what he's doing. Come on, take three seconds to praise God like you meant it. It's an unseen, it's a, it's a lonely place. So a few declarations for us that are in the field. Are you getting something out of this? The first one is this people in the field have a declaration of this. I am responsible. People who are in the field, that is their declaration. I am responsible. Come on, say it with me. I am responsible. See, we live in a culture and a time that it's everybody else's fault. We're late for an appointment and we blame it on the traffic. But the truth is we knew it took 15 minutes to get there and we left five minutes before we were supposed to arrive. Come on, because it's always somebody else's fault. But a true sign of maturity is when you begin to assume responsibility. See, whenever I invited people over to my house, there was only two groups of people who weren't responsible to do anything. The first group were my kids. I didn't expect my kids to do anything. They picked up their shoes, but that was it. I didn't expect the guests to do anything. But everybody who was of maturity age had a part to play. And spiritually wise, when we start, if we really want to grow up in God, it's when we start declaring, I am responsible. I'm not waiting for somebody else to do it. I'm not waiting for somebody else to step up. In other words, this church will be as friendly as you are friendly. This church will have kids that know God as much as you are willing to teach them the word of God. This church will be able to have more missions arms and more things in our community as you are willing to serve in them. This church will disciple people as effectively as you are willing to start a group. Come on, somebody. But here's the thing is most of the time we look around and with somebody else's job, it's somebody else's responsibility. Somebody else should do that. I was uh, last weekend, it was like the perfect storm and Angelica and Christian decided to have a baby and there are kids 
pastors it was really cool and so they decided to have a baby and and we've got some of our people over in um Sulphur Springs right now getting that campus started and so it was like a trifecta of where everything lined up and we had nobody to teach kids it was Friday and I realized that there was no one to teach kids literally no one to teach kids and here's the thing is I wasn't getting ready in my bathroom that morning and the Lord come down and say Crystal you are called to teach children that didn't happen I saw a need in the field and I decided I can fill the need. I've never taught kids before, but I'm really good at having fun. So we could do that. And so I'm back there and I'm teaching kids and we're having the best time. And a lady came back there. And if you're here, hello, I love you. And um, she came back there and she was holding a donut in one hand and a coffee in the other. And she looked at me and she goes, isn't our church kind of big for you to be backing kids? In other words, she says, she's saying, isn't somebody else responsible for this? And I begin to think, you know, I'm not too big to do this. It doesn't matter the size of our church. It's the matter of the size of my heart. And there's no place too small. There's no place too hidden. There's no place too disciplined. I'm thankful that this is my place in the field today. And I'll just say this, that if you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. And maybe God's not taking you to the next level because you can't be in a hidden place. Maybe God's not taking you somewhere bigger because you can't serve in an area where everybody's cheering you on and everybody's applauding you and girl, it's your birthday. You're doing awesome. Cause let me just tell you those kids, they wasn't like that. It was every man for himself, but I'm a survivor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but for real, we had so much fun and you know what? It was so sweet today. Cause uh, one of the little boys that was back there last week, he ran up to me and he said, are you going to be my teacher again this week? I said, no, I got to teach the other service today, but next week I might be there. He goes, yes. And, and I say that to say it wasn't a lesser calling. I felt just as used in the field over there as I do right here. There's no lesser place. There's no lesser calling. And I want to tell you that whenever we truly get a revelation of our place in the field, we'll begin to declare, I am responsible. It doesn't matter if I'm called to it. It doesn't matter if I feel anointed for it. It doesn't matter if I feel gifted for it. I have two hands. I have two feet. I have a voice that can speak. And if somebody needs love, I can give it to them. If somebody needs a door open, I can do it. If a donut needs to be served, I can serve a donut. If the trash needs to be taken out, I can take out the trash. If it's a guitar, that needs to be played. I can play the guitar. Whatever the place in the field, I am responsible. Look at this scripture in Luke chapter 10, verse two. And this is in the Passion Translation. It's so good. It says, Jesus is speaking. He says, the harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to drive out into the harvest fields many more workers. Jesus is letting the people know here, listen to me, it's not a harvest problem. This city has so many people waiting to hear the message, but we're only going to grow as big as you are involved. As long as it's Pastor Brian and Crystal's responsibility, it'll never grow. But when you get involved and the person next to you gets involved, then all of a sudden we'll begin to grow like never before. At one church, we aren't just hoping it's going to get better, but we're responding with the abilities that God has given us. The second declaration that we have is that we know our field. We know our field. Brian and I, we bought our property and um, 
We knew the size of our land, but when we moved in, we couldn't find our little stakes, you know, the surveyor's stakes to show us where our property line was. And uh, my, my house, y'all, I was just so thankful. I was raised in the ghetto, poor. Um, I had a house that rats, like the size of cats we lived with, like they had names. Like it was, well, I was raised in the ghetto. My mom wouldn't eat most days. So that way my brother and I could eat beans and potatoes. We would have it for weeks on end because that's all she could afford. I remember being in the grocery line with my mom counting food stamps and not having enough food stamps and having to put groceries back. So for me, when we bought our house, I'm like, just thank you, Jesus. Like walk into the coffee pot. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. This is amazing. I walk outside and I see my, like everything God's done. I was just so thankful. And Brian's the type, he makes friends with every neighbor that's around. And uh, I hate him for that. He's always like, he makes friends with everyone. And so he'll see our neighbor. He's like, come on in. Crystal's in her pajamas drinking coffee. Don't worry about her. Just come on in and snuggle up next to her. I'm like, why do you do this to me? And so he was making friends with all the neighbors. We had been living there for a while. It had been over a month. And he had kept asking people. He said, hey, do you know who owns the lot behind our land? And people would say no. And finally he was talking to one guy and he asked him the same question. Do you know who owns the lot behind our land? And he said, which lot? And he goes, is it before or after the fence? And Brian said, before the fence. He goes, Brian, that's your land. And Brian goes, really? And he said, yeah, you own all the way back to the fence. And Brian was like, oh my gosh. And he said something and this has stuck with me. And he said this, I would have taken so much better care of it. If I would have known it was mine. And when I've been reading this in Proverbs chapter 24, I can't help but think when we get to heaven, we're going to realize the field that we'd been given. And we're going to say, I would have, I would have loved that kid if I would have known that it was in my field. I would have been willing to wave at that car from the parking lot team if I would have known that was my field. Because God's going to show you how your place in the field and what you did and did not do in that field. And I don't want to have that kind of declaration when I come into the kingdom of heaven. I want to have the declaration of God. I gave everything I had to the field. I gave it heart and soul. I was there. I didn't know how to teach kids, but I could love them. I could have fun with them. I didn't know how to park cars, but I was willing to wave. I didn't know how to make the best coffee, but Lord, I did the best I could. I want to give everything I have. I want to leave it in the field, but you got to know your field. I love Matt McCorder so much. And he's a, him and Juan Ortiz, they're firefighter paramedics. And I see him sometimes and it breaks my heart because they'll be up on a 24 hour shift and then they show up here to serve. And I'm always like, Matt, don't do this. Like you didn't sleep last night. Why are you here? And with tears in his eyes, every single time he goes, Pastor Crystal, how can I not be here? It's my honor to put out these signs. It's my honor to wave at these people as they drive by. It's my honor to do this. How could I not do this? And what he's saying is, I know my field. This is my field. And that's what begins to happen when you begin to realize, I'm not going to be the kind of person that looks at everybody else and says it's their job. I'm going to wait for somebody else to do it. I have two hands. I have two feet. I have a voice that can speak. I can't do everything, but I can do something. I'm not going to have excuses. I'm going to begin to say, this is my place. The last thing I want to let you know, it's time to stay in your field. Trees don't get offended and move into other fields. And the Lord doesn't say you'll get a field transfer. You have a field. 
I love this in Psalm 92, verse 13. It says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I love that so much. And I teach you guys that the same way we can read it forward, we can also read it backward. If your life's in decay, decay, it's because you cease to be planted. You've gotten out of the field. You can take the most lively tree and uproot it and it'll be dead in no time. And some of us, the devil starts attacking and we start pulling ourselves out of the field. We start compromising on coming to church. We start compromising on serving. They don't really need me there. It doesn't really matter. And little by little, things in our life start messing up. Why? Because even the biggest of trees will rot and die if they don't stay planted in the field. You gotta stay in your field. You know, in our opening scripture there in Proverbs chapter 24, we see two men given fields. The first man, let's look at that. It says, put first things first, prepare your work outside and get ready for yourself in the field. And afterward, build your house and establish a home. Then when you read on, I want you to see that it makes no mention of a house of the other man's field. It just talks about how he got out of the field and everything was overgrown. And it talks about how there was a fence all around it. And I want you to see these two things as we close out our time together. Number one, when you stop planting yourself in the field, you're building a fence that's keeping people out. It says, see in the little translation of that word field, it was a wide open field. It was a field that was made with no fences. So that way everybody from the outside could easily come in. But the man who neglected the field, he built a fence. He built a fence that kept people out. Let me tell you friend, every time that you pull yourself out of the field, somebody's not gonna enter the kingdom because of your lack of responsibility. It's somebody who's not gonna hear the message. It's somebody that's not gonna hear because nobody can do it like you. Nobody can greet them like you. Nobody can reach them like you. And the second thing is our house isn't built and it's not established. See the man, the lazy man, when he pulled himself out of the field, the thing he wanted, he didn't even get. And the funny thing is, here's the funny thing is we get so busy with the household things, the, the life things the life things that just pull us away and we get distracted. And the sad thing is we get busy building our house instead of staying in the field. And the truth is when we stay in the field, God builds our house and we start trying to build our house and we pull out of the church. And when we pull out of the church, we lose the thing that we left the church for the first place for. Like just stay in the field, stay where God has you. I wanna close our time together. Will you just, if you're comfortable, just open your hands just like this, right where you're at. And I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Lord, right now you're looking into our hearts and you're speaking things. God, we just declare that there's no lack of the harvest. There's no lack in the harvest that you're ready to bring us. So God, right now we're here as your people. And Lord, we declare we have two hands. We have two feet. We have a voice that can speak. God, what do you what do you wanna do through us? Lord, I thank you for every person in this place that Lord, they're seeing that they're in the field and with that comes a fight and with that comes patience and with that comes discipline. And so Father, right now, we just say yes to whatever we, you have for us because we wanna be those people that our house is built and our house is established. We don't wanna lose the home and trying to guard our own lives. So Lord, I thank you that your word says that when we lose our life, we gain it. So Father, right now, we just declare that we're gonna stay in the field. We're gonna be faithful to what you have in Jesus' name.
right now in the sound of my voice, you might not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but friend, let me tell you, there's no greater prayer that you can pray than that. The Bible says that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And before you even breathed your first breath, Jesus gave his life for you. He thought that you were worth everything. And that's who I wanna tell you about today. Maybe, maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart or into your life. Maybe you've, never, you've known him, but you've walked away. You've made some mistakes, but today you feel like God's calling you back into relationship with him. Friend, let me tell you, there's no better day to start off your relationship with Jesus than today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you don't know Jesus Christ or you wanna rededicate your life to him, every head bowed, every eye closed, I wanna pray with you right where you are. Can you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Lift your hand in this place. Oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. Hands everywhere, goodness. All right, let's pray this prayer together as a church family. Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Take my sins. And by your grace, I take your righteousness. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can you all give it up a big hand clap right there? So awesome. So awesome. Now, let me just tell you that those of you that just prayed that prayer, you're going to go home and you're going to feel like everything about your life is the same. But the Bible says the minute you pray that prayer, a seed of eternity was planted inside your heart. And we want to celebrate with you. Can you take a moment and text the keyword decided to 33733? If you just prayed that prayer to either ask Jesus into your life for the first time, or maybe you wanted to rededicate your life to Jesus. We want to make sure you have everything you need as you begin this journey of faith. Thank you so much for listening to today's content. If you would like to further connect with Crystal, text the keyword CRYSTAL to 33733 and follow the prompts. We are so thankful you are a part of our community. Let's do something awesome for God this week.